Rich white people are taking over Puerto Rico. <laughs> Yo, I go to Puerto Rico, I'll be in San Juan. You're always going to see tourists. Like that that's a given. Obviously, tourism is big to Puerto Rico, but it's different when you see uh people who live there, right? I mean, I had a white guy who lived there who comes and talks to me like he knows about history of Puerto Rico trying to school me um, mm. because he lives in San Juan and he's lived there for a few years. You know, it's a little unsettling. Right. And it's wild because a lot of these laws, um, like Law 20 and 22, they benefit uh, people coming from outside, right? Coming from the United States mainly, coming from the Northeast, the Midwest, the South, whatever it may be. Um, it's like these laws, these policies, these structures, they're in place to benefit them, right? It, it benefits rich people from um, outside. Yeah, it's it's for some reason, I look at it as like the, the Puerto Rican's government, government's version of panhandling. Like literally sitting here, please come and put, you know, uh, uh, some coins in this in this cup, you know, and all in the name of economic development. You know, it's like economic development by invitation. It's how yeah, I look what at economic it. development? You, you what what economic development is is giving uh, all these tax incentives tax incentives to um, these rich folks who aren't even from here? Mm-hmm. What's the plan? What's the economic plan? What's the strategic economic plan? These laws have been in place for the longest. They don't benefit Puerto Rico's economy. Puerto Rico's in an, in an economic depression for damn near 15 years now. So what are we really talking about as as these laws um, are defended because apparently they, they're beneficial to the economy? That's not true. Yeah, and who's defending them? It's, it's probably going to be the individuals. Well, the people that are benefiting yeah, from exactly. them. <laughs> exactly. The deep, they, they got the deep pocket. They can't vote for the U.S. president because they had to establish residency to benefit off uh, Act 22 specifically. So how else are they going to you know, uh, influence? Well, you know what they do? They end up paying the campaigns Correct. for... These politicians in Puerto Rico, mainly the PNP, mainly the the main political party that's in power right now, El PNP, um, which we've talked about in previous episodes. You could check out um, our most recent episode, episode eight, mm-hmm. a rotten palm tree. Yep, episode eight. Yeah, you could you could listen uh, um, uh, about the corruption that exists within that political party, and a lot of these investors they give money to these um, political parties, mainly. Because they're in power and they um, push laws like law, Ley 2022, yep. which was passed by a governor who was of that political party in Luis Fortuño. Um, so these laws have been in place since 2012, if I'm not mistaken. These laws, they're put in place to get, you know, these rich white folks um, from Cape Cod, from the Hamptons, from Fairfield County, yeah. um, from the Midwest, from the south to come to Puerto Rico and right. um, essentially live on a resort. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it real with the listeners. Uh, today, um, listen, nobody wants to talk about tax incentives, tax loophole, loopholes, tax laws. It's, it's not a fun conversation, but we're going to do our very best to do that. Yeah, I think people need to know about they it. They need to because there's, there's no way to talk about the future of Puerto Rico without talking about uh, these, these tax incentives, without talking about... Yeah, it's economic plan without talking about the debt. Like, if you're not talking about those things, you really not right. We you don't we, understand we, how this works. Right, you won't be you won't be able to understand Puerto Rico and what we're talking about when we talk about what colonialism is. Right, what a colony is that's being dependent. Right, and and Puerto Rico is dependent and has always been dependent on external investment. Right, 
Capital Extranjero. Yeah, so Act 20 of 2012 is also known as the Export Services Act. It was meant to attract companies to set up shop on the island. And what the businesses who did that got in return was a 4% corporate tax rate, 100% tax exemption on dividends or distributions, 100% tax exemption on property taxes. And to be eligible, the business must have no nexus with Puerto Rico, which in short means there's not a lot you can actually do on the island. So when these politicians talk about how much it was going to bring and how good it was you know, for, for them being there, I... I, I you know, I question that. And and the way Act 20 and Act 22 benefit each other, like they, they, they work hand in hand because Act 22 of 2012 was known as the Individual Investors Act. And that was designed to attract new residents. Um, 100% exemption from Puerto Rico taxes on dividends, 100% exemption of Puerto Rico taxes on interest, and 100% exemption on capital gains and other federal taxes. So in, in essence, uh, an individual can essentially double their salary instantly and all they have to do is establish residency in Puerto Rico which um, these laws define what a bona fide resident means and that is you have to be on the island for 183 days no tax home outside of Puerto Rico and you you can't have a closer connection to the United States or other foreign country Um, and because of the territorial existence that Puerto Rico exists in uh, the the new residents obviously if if they are U.S. citizens they don't get to vote but like we were saying earlier they're going to influence you know local uh, politics through other ways, you know, and contributions. And one thing I found really interesting was in order to get to the 183 days, there's a, there was an interesting uh, loophole called the one minute rule. And the way that the, uh, it was defined that a day would be counted is one minute could equal a full day on the island. So you literally hear of uber wealthy individuals stopping with their private jet, getting a Starbucks receipt, staying in the island for a minute and moving on to get to get credit days. Yeah. I wonder if um, if you live on a yacht. Does that count? Like these rich people that have yachts in Puerto Rico? That's a good question. I think as long as it's it's within you know Puerto Rico's waters, I mean I don't see why not. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm you know I'm no I'm no tax lawyer either. So when when we're looking at these laws, you know, I I, I asked myself, you know, because the, the 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 narrative was, oh, we're gonna do this for economic development. This is gonna create. A they more always f- said that though. That that that's that's the biggest thing that people have to understand that this is nothing new, right? This is nothing new at all. Whether it's with the United States or whether it um, is with Spain, if you look at Puerto Rico's history, there's always been these laws, these policies, these structures that have been put in place to to benefit um, rich people, right? Rich people from outside of Puerto Rico, um, whether it be Spain or anywhere else, um, these laws were structured to um, bring in um, rich folks whether it was with agriculture, whether it was with the sugar plantations, um, during Operation Bootstrap, incentivizing these different textile um, factories to come in, these pharmaceutical companies to come in. There's always been a, um incentive for outside um, investment. And it's always been in a discriminatory way to people who actually live in Puerto Rico. And... Um, you know, there there's this quote in in the in the WikiLeaks chat. Ricky, uh, not Ricky, Ricky. the WikiLeaks, the, <laughs> the WikiLeaks chat, that Telegram chat that um basically exposed the ex governor of Puerto Rico, Ricky Rosello, and um basically his clique of uh, frat boys that 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 felt that they ran Puerto Rico, and um there was this individual by the name of Edwin Miranda who. 
um, was the president of a, a publicity company or marketing advertising agency that was one of Ricky Rosello's closest advisors. And he um, in that in that chat, he says uh, something along the lines of, quote, I saw the future. It's so wonderful. There are no Puerto Ricans. End quote. And this is the type of attitude that these people have. They see a future with no Puerto Ricans, right? Where Puerto Ricans are essentially gone or rendered invisible. And we're already rendered invisible at a national and international level, right? Most Puerto Ricans in Puerto Rico are already rendered invisible, right? That's why you have damn near half the island under the poverty line. This is the reality that already exists when it comes to invisibility, right? In Puerto Rico, these laws that are put in place aren't for the benefit of Puerto Ricans. They're just not. So we have to be bien claro and tell it what it is, right? These laws are put in place for rich people to come in and to um, basically get Puerto Ricans out. And I believe that that manifestation in the in the summer uprising um, last year was the fact that their oversight, it could be their downfall. Because the last thing that these individuals are thinking, uh, the, the politicians who created laws like 2022 and the individuals that are benefiting off of it, the last thing they were counting on is, is a, a, a unified Puerto Rico that defends its land uh, in, in that way. And I, and I think that that manifestation showed that it's completely possible. And they weren't ready for it. They were, I, yeah, I, it, sh- it showed them that Puerto Ricans are not invisible. Yeah, they're, they're like, holy very, shit. That they, we're very much here. We can't just dismiss them. We can't just walk over. Because it, when these when these people are in these rooms having these conversations, they don't have the Puerto Rican at, at, at heart in mind no. at all. In fact, it's an obstacle. People got to gotta really take a look at this and, and understand that a lot of these people who benefit from these laws. They come into Puerto Rico and essentially live on a resort. Uh, they, they don't even have to interact with Puerto Ricans in the community, right? Mm. The only Puerto Ricans that they're interacting with are the ones serving them, the ones that are cleaning um, the places that they're staying at. You know, they essentially live in resorts. They lived in these fortified communities, these enclaves that keep them away from the reality of day-to-day Puerto Rico, right? They live in a fantasy land. They live in, in Disneyland while the colony... Um, continues to deteriorate. And that's the problem because you, you went out and you promised to people that laws like this and these individuals coming in was going to mean a more prosperous, a better economy for Puerto Rico. And this has been out since 2012 and I don't see it being that much better. In fact, I see the contrary. I actually see laws like this being exploited and at the center of, of, of um, federal and international investigations. Um, one of them specifically, uh, a central player in a tax scheme that was uh, found in, in Puerto Rico is called the Euro-Pacific Bank. And its founder, uh, Peter Schiff, which we're definitely going to talk about this guy a little bit at least. Uh, he he's from at, Connecticut. He's from, he, I think he, you said he was born in New he's Haven. He's born in New Haven. The That's exact where we're recording right now. Where we're recording. And he has an, uh, one of his businesses right. uh, is and he, operating he in Westport. he might pay less taxes than us. He probably does because he's benefiting off these laws. Not only is he not paying less taxes. Is, but he's getting a, a handout to go to go, to go to Puerto exactly. Rico when individuals it's, like you and I. It's funny because he he's of the libertarian persuasion where where he just believes in no taxes and he's that's why he's moving to Puerto Rico. Oh yeah, but it, it's really a handout, right? The government is is creating this structure in place to benefit people like him specifically, um, while just excluding 
um, the people who actually live in Puerto Rico. So it's just inherently a discriminatory law. But but go on. I just yeah, wanted to, yeah. to give Absolutely. that note. So let's talk about the truth of what Acts 20 and 22 are doing. Um, so uh, Peter Schiff and his company, the, the Euro-Pacific Bank, there's, they're at the center of an international investigation by a tax authorities of not only the United States, but Australia, Britain, Canada, and the Netherlands. Apparently, there's there's this like investigation around the world looking for places, uh, individuals, uh, entities, uh, looking into tax evasion and tax authorities from multiple countries are coming together and, and doing investigations and Peter Schiff and his companies at the center of one of them and they found that one of his banks um, the, the Euro-Pacific Bank are holding accounts for people who are suspected to be involved in things like tax evasion money laundering, wire fraud all, 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 all things like that um, and you know wh- why do you think he's there? It's it was Acts twenty twenty two and a couple other tax incentives that um, you know even have someone like Peter Schiff have the ability to exist and operate in a place like Puerto Rico. Uh, and it's not just him. There was another federal enforcement officer indicted. Uh, another federal enforcement office indicted a man by the name of Gabriel F Hernandez. This one's interesting. Uh, he was charged on ten counts of wire fraud. He he was a CPA and tax manager at, at like a large accounting firm firm in Puerto Rico, and through the provisions of Act 22, he defrauded the IRS on a tax scheme where he was falsifying uh, business tax returns and business figures, uh, so that way individuals that were using his services would get tax benefits under those acts. Um, and the way that it worked was the, the the investigating authorities from the IRS were undercover posing as as wealthy individual from Arizona, and that's how they caught him doing all of this stuff. But what was interesting is all right. So if we're going to prosecute the CPA and everything that's who's working under these these uh, uh, um, tax laws, I, I I feel like in this case it was an undercover agent. But I, I can't help but wonder how many real cases of that are happening, and why aren't we going? Oh, there's got to be so many, man. Puerto so Rico, many. Puerto Rico's just becoming this this um this island of tax crooks. Right, these are people that are taking advantage of laws that are inherently discriminatory, that are inherently colonial, that are inherently put in place to kick people out, to displace them, to expropriate land. These are people who are carving out pieces of the beach, pieces of the coast just for themselves and excluding it from everybody else, right? People who are not contributing anything in taxes, who are not benefiting the economy of Puerto Rico, right? People who hear this that um, are going to defend them are going to say, oh, yes, they bring so much economic activity. They bring so much jobs. And that's not true. You know, yes, you create some jobs, but ultimately this is not an economic plan. Um, There is not economic development. There is no strategy in place for this to benefit Puerto Rico in the long term and the residents of Puerto Rico this is just a, a, a charade for uh, people to come into Puerto Rico and escape paying taxes in their home states, in their home countries. Um, and, and I think people all over the world really should, should look at that fact like you just talked about with that case. Here are people who are escaping, um, contributing to the places that they live in um, and essentially trying to find these places in the Pacific, in the Caribbean, uh, um, to escape any uh, tax 
Yeah, they're escaping. They, they literally trying to escape their their tax man. And we got to understand that Peter Schiff is just one example. Peter Schiff got friends. He got family that I'm pretty sure he talked about. In fact, he got the idea from another uh, high net worth individual, John Paulson, who was another problematic investor uh, in Puerto Rico, which we won't get into him today. But, uh, you know, think about how many people outside of just Peter Schiff that are doing these, these, these things. And we have to understand the implications that they're having on local politics, what they're having, the, the, the impact uh, and influence they have on legislation. Because think about this, you know, Peter Schiff, well, he's 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 on a, an interview where they ask him, like, what would you do if Puerto Rico becomes a state? And my man straight up says, I'd leave. He said that was the worst. The that's worst. The, that's idea. the worst idea that, that, that Puerto Rico could have. So it's probably the only thing that I agree with <laughs> with this, <laughs> but, with this and, dude. And, and, and it just but goes to show it, it goes to show you that, that it's the colony, the colonial status that has to be put in place to benefit these people. And it's wild because they're the ones who are supporting a lot out of these statehood candidates, these candidates that go in front of the people and say that, yes, I am for statehood, but in reality, are you? Because here you are advocating for and passing these laws that can only take place if Puerto Rico remains a colony. Mm. And, and and these investors know it. Like, you know, this guy, Peter Schiff, is a smart guy. He's not dumb. He, no, he's no. taking advantage to benefit him. But let's be, let's be real and call a spade a spade. This is a handout to him and people like him to benefit rich people. This is nothing new. Again, this is nothing new. In the 17th, 18th century, when Spain uh, ruled over Puerto Rico before they handed it over to the United States, they did the same exact thing. This this inspector general of Spain, he says something along the lines of um, the origin and main cause of the little progress made in Puerto Rico is being populated by undisciplined and lazy men without tools without intelligence for agriculture he goes on to say for the for the fast progress of the island i consider indispensable the establishment of rich people mm. this is this is this is 200 years ago 200 plus years ago yeah. where 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 an individual with power was looking at the economy of puerto rico in the same way that these people who are planning and plotting the policies, the laws that are passing, uh, um, the laws and structures that are currently in place, these are the same. This is the same mindset that these people have, right? To favor outside money, and that perpetuates that dependency on external forces, not benefiting, not looking out for the people of. Puerto Rico. They want Puerto Rico and Puerto Ricans to be, um, uh, to, they want Puerto Ricans in Puerto Rico to be taken out or rendered invisible, right? That's what's clear. And the thing is, we are not invisible. We are here and we have to change this. And the question that we want to ask to uh, our listeners out today, the question is, how do we change that? How do we change uh, um, so that Puerto Rico is for Puerto Ricans, mm. right? What has to be done for that to happen? Because Puerto Rico is always going to be welcoming to, to people from the outside, but the laws in place should not be um, discriminatory in a way where it benefits people from the outside and discriminates against those who live inside Puerto Rico, right? So how do we make, um, how do we change 
Puerto Rico so that it's for Puerto Ricans. Absolutely, because I prefer Puerto Rico to be a haven for its people before it becomes a haven for taxes. And I, I find it to be a shame that, that that that's the case right now. That you know you have you have Puerto Rico being more of a haven for high net worth individuals than 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 its own people. Uh, I find that very problematic. I find it immoral. And yes, that that is a very important question. And conversations like this, or at least speaking our truth, which in today's age is in itself is revolutionary. Um, it's it's a good starting point. Let's let's put a face to what these things look like. You know, tax laws don't don't work. You know, well on their own. You need you need individuals. You need you need po- there's politicians involved. There there are investors involved. There are businesses involved. Corporations and and just starting to figure out who those players are and, and being vigilant and what they do and and where they're investing their 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 campaign dollars and and their influence. I think is important um, because at the end of the day, we cannot. The most dangerous part of of these laws is that if if not if we're not careful. People like Peter Schiff and investors under those acts uh, and laws and tax provisions can can feel and, and, and operate like the, the architects of the future of Puerto Rico. And that's not the answer. We, we, we must resist that. We, we have to make sure that that's not the case. Um, and we have to do everything we can to disarm them. Um, at least from a legislative perspective, continue to organize. We need to be as organized as them. When it's, you hear it's, people, like, it's like... Uh, 2019, the power is in the streets, mm-hmm. right? Here was this governor who wanted to render Puerto Ricans invisible, right? He's, he, him and his boys saw a Puerto Rico without Puerto Ricanos, right. Puerto Ricanos. We, our pockets may not be as deep as theirs, but our love for the island and its people was far, far deeper. And you saw how powerful that was. Last year, and it made a difference. I mean, that's the first time in, in Puerto Rico's history that a governor. Yes, we should do a whole episode. Oh, absolutely. On that. We we should do a. We're gonna do that. We're gonna do an episode just telling the story of um the summer of two thousand nineteen Abs- and the uprisings that kicked Ricky Rosario out. Because it was influential for us too. That was inspirational for guys like you and me, and and countless Puerto Ricans on uh in Puerto Rico, uh in the diaspora, anywhere around the world. Like it it, it felt good to see that and be a part of something that was bigger than ourselves. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, my my only question uh for the listeners is what are you doing today, uh for the future of Puerto Rico. And like I don't, I don't really care like what your political ideology is or what your what your um, uh, idea of a solution is. My, my my only question is like what what exactly are you doing, you know? Because the future is carved in our actions today. So ask yourself, am, am I what what am I doing for for a, a different and a better future for for Puerto Rico and its people? There you have it. There's nothing else to add. Meditate on that. We have some questions for you, folks. Please. Holler at us. Let us know what's good. What are your thoughts? How do you feel about this? How do we change the current situation and make it better? Um, this is Piragua Podcast. You can check us out at Piragua Pod on Twitter, Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Um, listen to us on your favorite podcast app. Um, share our content. Reach out to us. Give us a, a, a holler. Um, review. Subscribe. Uh, CJ, you got any last words? No, stay vigilant, my people. Yes, thank you for listening. We're grateful uh, for everyone who's been tuning in, um, and, and we're excited to to to, to just explore more um, and and explore.
this topic more in depth. Hopefully, we can get some guests on the show mm-hmm. soon and really um, just just continue the conversation. So again, thank you for listening. This is Piragua Podcast. My name is Alexis Cuyo Rodriguez. I'm with my main man, Carlos CJ Chaparro, who always stays with the fresh lineup. <laughs> Shout out to his <laughs> barber. <laughs> Keeping the Regan. Peace, folks. Peace and love.